Today's lesson is entitled, Can You Take a Hit? Today's lesson is entitled, Can You Take a Hit? We're going to be in Luke 22, 63 through 65, Luke 22, 63 through 65, the message is, can you take a hit? Have you ever been hit before? Um, to be hit and to be slapped are two different things. To be slapped is even more humiliating. Would you agree? On national TV, Chris Rock was humiliated by being slapped by another man. And yet the humiliation intensified because he did not strike back. So first of all, he was struck by, he was slapped, not hit, slapped by another man and he did not respond or react to the slap in kind, which is a double humiliation because some may say, well, you look weak. So he looked even weaker than just being slapped. In that moment, people think that the pain is from the sting of the hit. But the real pain is from the sting of internal perception and external deception. Because the, ring, the sting would ring loud and clear across the airwaves while the silent scream was heard by only a few close enough to hear it from the heart and the soul of the persons involved. The national television world watched and we watched it over and over again and we heard the sound, we heard the slap and we heard and saw the sting, the external deception but inside, there was a louder noise in both of them that only those close to them could be able to hear. Question this morning is, can you take a hit? To be punched in the face raises more questions like, oh, why did you hit me? What did I do to you? You hit me because I said something? Or you hit me because I didn't answer your question? Really? You hit me? That can't be it. America's vitriol, for the most part, went toward the man who felt he was doing a righteous deed in protecting and defending his wife. People were angry at a person who thought he was doing the right thing. While the sympathies, for the most part, went to the man who didn't react. Mm. Our best response to situations like this is the expression of the definition of ourselves. Instead of reacting like they acted, the best response, not reaction, but response is the expression of the definition of ourselves. Sticking to our mission, sticking to who we are, You've heard it said, stay true to yourself. Sticking to our God-given callings will defend the best on our behalf. Even God knows 
we cannot be trusted with our reactions. So God gives us a calling and a purpose upon which we can rely instead of relying on our own human flesh. He almost always calls us to a more calculated response that doesn't necessarily answer our antagonists' questions, but it answers the bigger question they are after, which is, who are we? And why are we here? The people slap you or they hurt you or they express anger toward you, trying to deceive you in making you think that the issue is about one thing when really they're trying to know who you really are at your core. And so in today's sermon, we will learn that they slapped Jesus. They sucked Jesus. Literally, and ask him, who hit you? Mockery. And to Jesus, who hit him didn't matter. This is a lesson on not reacting. Because if you can take a hit, the hit mustn't matter to you. Ooh, wait a minute, PC. All right, wait a second. I'm not ready for that. Reacting is acting again like what just acted. That's what reaction is. You are reenacting what was acted upon you. God says, don't roll like that. If someone hits you, don't react. In other words, don't do the same thing they did to you. Don't react what just happened. He says, instead of reacting, write this down, get this now, because we need to learn this. Instead of reacting, we must learn how to respond. Uh, Don't react. Instead, respond. Because responding will help you stick to the plan and the purpose of your life. Reacting derails you from your purpose and your plan. Responding helps you stick to your purpose and your plan. So we're going to learn today that the hit that Jesus took wasn't enough to stop his mission. Can you take a hit? So in mockery, they told Jesus to prophesy who hit him. If in fact he was all-knowing, the all-knowing God, they said, well, you're supposed to know everything. Then let's blindfold you. Let's slap you around. You tell us who hit you. Use your powers to tell us. They both slapped him. They hit him according to the text. They spit on him. But why is a response different from a reaction? Because Jesus didn't hit him back. Jesus didn't react. If you look at the picture, put the picture on the screen for me there. You see the guards. Jesus is in the middle and they're wailing on him. They're hitting him there. And they're asking him, you tell us who's beating you. Wow. Wow. The response is different from the reaction in this way. Let's look at the etymology of respond. From the Latin perspective, to respond is to answer. Ah, gotcha. To react is to do the same thing they did. To respond is to give an answer. Hmm. So responding has more to do with a statement. Re, let's break the word down, respond in the Latin. The first part of the word, re, means again. It means back to the original place, the origin, to turn back. To turn back to do the same thing or something in kind to do something again. The 
second part of the word, spandere, means to pledge. So it means to pledge a surety or like a guarantee, a solemn promise. It is literally, uh, do you remember the telethon? We used to have the old telethons and you would call in and you would make a pledge. What you would be saying is, I pledge to give $75 a month. So your response to the call on the telethon would be, I am making a pledge. I am going to give you a surety of something that I'm going to do or who I'm going to be. Watch this now. Uh, It's going to get good. So to respond instead of reacting, instead of reacting, committing an action, you respond with a pledge. The way you respond to people who hit you is by giving them a solemn promise of who you will be. (laughs) Watch this. The term in the Latin literally means to libate. Spondere means to libate. It means, it's like a drink. It means to, like libations, to drink. It is a drink offering. It is a drink offering, a sacrifice that confirms, it makes a secure promise that something is going to happen. Watch this. Oh, this is good. Shauna. So why do you think the term responsible, responsible means you can be counted on? Because a responsible person means someone you can trust. They have given you a pledge of surety that they will do it. So to respond is like being responsible When you respond, you make a statement, a pledge of surety of some fact. (laughs) Watch this now. So to respond is to make an answer, to promise in return, to pledge as in a sponsor, to communicate back. How about the word correspond? Correspond. Correspond means to communicate back with an answer. That's what that is. An answer that could resolve the issue. Communicate back. That's why I'm asking, that's why I'm telling you what I'm telling you because I'm looking for your response. Your response has the power to resolve a conflict. Whoo, you're gonna miss. I hope you're taking notes. This is good. It's sort of like when they hit you. Ooh, this okay. When they hit you. Instead of hitting them back, you make a statement. Don't react in kind. Just make a louder, bigger, and bolder statement with your life. There is no better way to respond to the people who tried to hurt you than to make a statement about who you are and watch God bring who you are to pass right in front of their eyes. Your goal is not to hit them back. Your goal is to make a statement about who you really are. Because at the core of the fight is their questioning who you are at the core of your soul. And the best way to answer their argument is to make a statement about who you are or what you are able to do. So let's take a look at today's pericope and see what we can learn from it. Turn with me to Luke 22, 63 through 70, we'll read it. You can also see these instances at Matthew 26, 67 through 68, and John 18 and 22, we'll read those as well. Let's take a look at the text. The text says, Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him and beating him. And they blindfolded him and were asking him, saying, Prophesy, who is the one who hit you? And they were saying many other things against him, blaspheming him. You ain't who you are. You're not just railing on him. When it was day, the next morning, 
the council of elders of the people assembled, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to their council chamber, saying, if you are the Christ, tell us. Look at the, the issue is, who are you? But he said to them, if I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask a question, you will not answer. But from now on, the son of man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Look at his response. Verse 70 says, and they all said, look, man, are you the son of God then? And he said to them, yes, I am. So look at this verse here. And I want you to understand that the text said they mocked him. They slapped him. They smote him. And the term smoke means even one of the texts, it, it, we'll, we'll see it in a moment, talks about they slapped him with an open hand. That's how you know it's a slap. And then they hit him with a closed fist. We'll read that in a second. But I want you to notice here is here are real instances of where Jesus was slapped. He was socked. He was spit on and he was mocked for being who he is. My question to you, beloved, is can you take a hit? Because if we are being Christ-like, again, we want to only take Christ stuff and all the good stuff. No, Jesus was hit. Jesus was socked. Jesus was spit on. Have you ever been hit by somebody? Have you ever been slapped? Because the reality is, if Jesus was, you might be. And we must learn the lesson of how he responded. I'm not, I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm not talking about figuratively. I'm not talking about spiritually at this point. And I will, we'll tie it in together. But I'm talking about, can you take a physical hit as a Christian? Because most Christians will say, put your hands on me and you're going to draw back a nub. Well, never mind, that's hood, that's hood language. If you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Isn't that the response? If somebody does something wrong to you, you feel like it is your mission to get revenge. I'm teaching you a lesson about how to respond, not react to taking a hit. Let's read the next verse. Matthew 26, 67 says, then they spat in his face. And beat him with their fists. And others slapped him. And said prophesy to us. You Christ. Who is the one who hit you? I think of. All the hardships. Some of our forefathers went through. Who were spit on. And dogs sicked on. And water hose. Forced with them. Fire engine hoses watering down a people, beating them with billy clubs. Why? Why? And Martin Luther King issued a movement called the nonviolent movement, meaning we will not react like you act. Instead, we will respond with statements affirming we are equal we are equal in value. We are equal in humankind. Have we not learned a lesson? As we look at the shootings and all of the hatred in our world today, people are getting angry and they want to respond. Some are even touting civil war and get your guns and be armed because we are about to go at it with one another. We need a lesson on how to respond to being hit. I used to look at the kids and I used to be on the playground and the first thing one would say when they get caught by the teacher fighting, they say, he hit me first. But if you had responded instead of reacting, there would be no fight. 
because you didn't act in kind. We must learn how to take a hit. Look at this last one, verse John 18, 22, when he had said this, one of the officers standing nearby struck Jesus saying, is that the way you answer the high priest? I mean, they are just socking him. The officer standing there struck him and said, you didn't answer the priest right. I'm just, I'm just going, listen to me. Now you see why today's sermon is entitled, can you take a hit? Jesus did. Hit after hit, slap after slap whipped and scourged, skin ripped with whelps, bleeding on the outside, pierced in the side. And you can't handle somebody saying, you're not cute. Oh girl, boy, bye. And here's the thing. Lou, Jesus had the power to destroy all of them. Because many of us wonder, we say, God, won't you get him? But instead, he took the hit, he took the slap, he took the spit, he took the mockery. And when he doesn't respond to the people who hurt us, he's teaching us how to take a hit. This is what Jesus did for us. Can we not endure anything for others? Can we not? endure anything for God yet we say we are like him (laughs) but rub me the wrong way meet me in the parking lot I'll be waiting for you at 3 o'clock let's analyze this further let's take a look at this look at verse 63 now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him and beating him Notice the text, we're holding him in custody. They were mocking him and beating him. So listen to this. To take a hit means you learn not to answer what or who they think you are, but answering with who you know you are. In other words, people are socking you People are hitting you from the perspective of what they think you are. When you react like them, you are agreeing with what they think about you. So to respond is to say, I don't agree with what you think about me. Instead, I'm going to make a statement about who I am. In other words, I'm going to tell you who I am. Respond, don't react. And we have all been mishandled in one way or another. See why? Somebody has mishandled us. And let's analyze then how Jesus took this hit and see what we can learn for ourselves. And the first thing I noticed about this taking a hit was in verse 63, which said they held him. Put the text on the screen for me again. The Bible says the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him and beating him. The first thing I learned about this passage and about people who hit you, they come with false care. Watch this. People who say they got you. I'm holding you. I got you, homie. We cool. I ain't going to let nothing happen to you. The people who are supposed to have your back are often the people who strike you. Because the people who have, who suggest to have your back are not considered the front runners. You are. And people get jealous when they aren't the center of attention. People get unraveled when it looks like somebody has the potential of stealing their thunder. And so the people who are holding Jesus in custody, oh, this sounds a lot like today. I could just go through this. How many times have we read stories about somebody who died where? In custody. Somebody who came out bleeding after they were in custody. Somebody who was hurt 
after being in custody. We have on our uh, emblems and things and, and people often say, well, they are supposed to protect you. Even our law enforcement is to protect and to serve. And there are so many instances. How about the recent shooting in Uvalde uh, about, about uh, you know, the police took so long to go in and to get them or whatever. And, and kids were dying and, and they're investigating all that. And I don't know whose fault, whatever the blame, but certainly the facts seem to raise a lot of questions. The people who were supposed to protect and to serve were not in the position doing what they were supposed to do. And we find our lives in the hands of people who are supposed to be caring for us and they hurt us. Raised by people who molest us. Raised by people who are supposed to love us and they take advantage of us. <sighs> it's quiet on the line. I hear you, Holy Spirit. The ones who were supposed to be holding Jesus together decided to tear him apart. And this word in the Greek to hold means to squeeze on both sides so it is forced into a position that they were squeezing him from every side to force him to react. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. That these people start pushing on you to get you to react. Don't react. Instead, hold your ground for the response that God places in your soul. They push you to put confines all around you and control the entry or exit to make sure you get to the desired destination. Have you ever been to the jail cell? Have you ever been to a courtroom? When you're waiting in the courtroom, they have to bring out the person who is in custody. They are handcuffed. The bailiff, the sheriffs, the guards will bring them out and they press them. They hold them. They have doors and cuffs and guardrails to make sure that the guard keep control. God, don't miss this. There are people who you are in the care of who are pushing you to control you to make sure you get to where they want you to be. Jesus had no business being in court. Jesus had no business being arrested. Jesus had no business going before the authorities. He had done nothing wrong, but I'm telling you the people surrounding you who fear you, who question you, will Will raise an issue with you and try to push you from every side to control you, to take you before an authority who can judge you. And I'm saying, don't react. Respond. Learn how to take a hit. Jesus was waiting for court and court wouldn't convene until the morning. So until morning, Jesus had to deal with those who held him. How are you dealing with the people who are holding you? Families are holding some of you hostage, controlling you, battering you, not physically, but verbally, with manipulation, with guilt tactics. That's all right. I'll preach on anyway. I'll preach on anyway. The text said, the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking and beating him. The people who were supposed to be protecting me hurt me. Oh, God. I could go into uh, what's happening in our world today. But their mockery of him says more about them than what it says about him. This is important to pay attention to when taking a hit. How they mock you, what they say about you says more about them than what it says about you. So do not react to them because what they are acting out is their childishness or their issues. So if you react, you are saying, I am like you. <laughs> to mock means they were making sport of truth as if it had no punch back. Look at the verse 64. They blindfolded him and were asking him saying, prophesy, who is the one who hit you? They made sport of truth as if it had no punch back. But yet it did. It's just the truth doesn't punch the same way evil does. That's what makes it truth. 
Hitters usually are fighting a truth they don't want to accept. I'm going to say that again. Hitters usually are fighting a truth they don't want to accept. And the people who attack you, the people who hit you, are often people who aren't willing to accept the fact of who you really are. And I'm not saying that truth won't punch back. It's just the truth doesn't punch back the way evil punched you. So it's not that they're getting away with it. It's just the truth responds instead of reacting. Are you getting this at all? Lawanda, you're tracking? Help me understand this. Type on the line. Let me know if you're tracking. The question is, can you take a hit? Has anyone ever hit you who was also responsible for holding you? Can you take a hit? I remember talking to the woman who said somebody took advantage of her. She said, PC, I've prayed, I've gone to counseling, but I don't think I can ever forgive this person. And if I ever see him, <laughs> yeah, lights out. You want to go night-night? You want to go night-night? The second point I noticed the first one was false care. The second one is false information. They blindfolded him. They blindfolded him and they tried to make sure that he was this person um, who had these extra powers. So the text said, put the uh, text on the screen, please. And they blindfolded him and were asking him, saying, prophesy, who is the one who hit you? So the text says they blindfolded him. In other words, they hoodwinked him. Oh, watch this now. Do you remember, you know the term hoodwink? I've been hoodwinked. That's what hoodwinked is. Instead of blindfolding, people put a hood over your head. The wink term means your eyes are closed. Hoodwink means I'm putting the, something over your head so that I can hoodwink you. I am blindfolding you and I'm going to do something outside of you that you don't know I'm doing. Uh, and I'm going to ridicule you. That's what hoodwink means. It means to cover someone's head or to blindfold them as if to say, now you figure out what I'm doing wrong to you. That's just, it's like somebody hits you for something you said or did and then asks you to answer why they're mad at you. So, so to hoodwink people is to cover one's eyes with the hood, to bamboozle them. You, you've heard bamboozle? It means to, to do something uh, to them while their eyes are covered. It is to take advantage of people while they cannot see. God, I'm telling you, people will strike you when they think you can't see. And remember, Jesus could have told them who hit them. He could have, but he didn't because I will let you continue to think that I can't see because my goal is not to answer your question the way you want me to answer it. My goal is to answer it the way God wants me. Ah, oh God, are you getting this? I hope this is beneficial. This was also the naming of our old game. Do you remember this? Lou and Grizz, you might remember this. Big Ben, you right, might remember this. It's called Blind Man's Bluff. <laughs> Have you ever played Blind Man's Bluff? Me and Tog used to play this game. I remember I messed my face up. I messed my face up. You remember the walls that had stucco on them? The houses that were made of stucco, the little brittly little things on them. Well, me and Tog playing in his driveway. I can see it as clear as day. I was blindfolded. He was supposed to be leading me. Blind man's bluff. He told me I was actually so many feet away when I wasn't so many feet away. And I walked right into the wall and the whole side of my face was scarred up. And this is what people will do to you. They will play blind man's bluff. They will say you're three feet away from the edge when you're two inches. And they let you believe that you're closer. And so you make the 
the choice to go off the ledge so they don't take the blame. They say that they told you the right information. Remember, false care, number one. Number two, false information. That people who slap you surround you with false intel. And the point of such royal and riotous antagonism is often deception. That the person who slaps you and mocks you wants to surround you with deception. They do everything to shoot so many things at you at once. You believe what you hear and think you need to respond to it. This is the plight of America today, that you just throw out enough lies, people will eventually believe it. In other words, surround them with deception to the point that they ultimately will react to the wrong I'm doing to cat dog it. Ah, the devil wants you to believe a lie and make you react to a lie that is contrary to your truth. That's called reaction. Instead of reacting, we must respond by standing on our truth and not letting the deception of what's around us walk us into walls (laughs) to scratch our faces. It is agitation to the point of a violent response in order to justify their violent impetus. People will do agitating things to you over and over and over again to get you to respond. I'll never forget this bully at the church convention came, kept nagging me, kept just railing on me. We were in choir rehearsal. I was sitting there and mama was teaching the songs and he kept kicking the chair. He kept calling me a punk. He said, you're scared. He said all the least nasty things and I turn around and I said, come on in. Let's get some. Let's do it. And right in front of my mother and the first thing I can hear it is loud in my ear today. Mama said, we didn't come here for this. Mama said we didn't come to fight. We came to learn how to respond differently. We came to learn how to grow. And mama taught me in that moment. That's why I remember it to this day. You don't have to respond to every person that kicks your chair. You don't have to respond to every person that calls you a punk. We've got to learn how to take a hit. So don't believe the false care or watch how people care for you. Don't believe the false information. And thirdly, I notice that these points of contact by hitting, touching, spitting, etc. are all efforts to contact you. Watch this. That when they hit you, they're touching you. When they spit on you, they're trying to connect with you. When they hit you, when they push you, when they grab you. These are all, watch this now, first one, false care. Second one, false information. Third one, false affection. (laughs) People have hit people before and said, I love you. What the heezy? Hey, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Pause. How can you hit me and say you love me? That is false affection and false affection is mockery. Mockery is to make it seem like you believe what is said about them and you're on board with what is said about you. But you say it in a false sense of affection. In other words, They were basically saying, well, prophesy, tell us who hit you. In other words, if I agree with you, watch this now, false affection. I think you're a prophet. In other words, I'm saying that I believe you're a prophet, so tell me who hit you. So instead of it being a genuine agreement that he's a prophet, they mock him, put it in a God, man, if you don't get this, God bless you. I'm telling you, people will sound like they agree with you. They will say that you are who you say you are, but will set you up to try to hurt you to prove that you aren't who you say you are while they are yet saying you are who you said you are. (laughs) They will over-exaggerate a truth to make it subtly offensive. Watch this. Don't you know when people say, 
People say, oh, go ahead, go ahead and, you know, sing that song like you, like you sing it. Oh, oh, you, you're saying I can sing. No, 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 you're mocking me. And your response is, you're mocking me, aren't you? You're mocking me. Yes, what they're saying is they're saying the right words, but they don't mean it. That's false affection. And people oftentimes hug us and say, oh, how you doing? They don't mean it. False affection. They make you think that they believe you are who you say you are, but they mock you and put you in a trap to try to disprove who you say you are. Watch out for them slinky, slew-feet people who try to put you in circumstances that will trap you and they'll say the circumstance trapped you, not them. The devil is always trying to skirt blame. So aren't you supposed to be the one who knows all things? In other words, I said, prove it. Show us. Here's a game we're going to play. I'm going to blindfold you and have different people People come up to you and sock you, and you're going to tell us who hit you. Isn't that like a friend who says, I got you, and then they tell you, they get off the phone with you, I got you, and then they call three other people and try to set you up, and those people try to hurt you. They have now surrounded you with five different people who are socking you in their own different way. And what the, the, the devil, your, your antagonist is saying is, tell me who hit you. In other words, come back to me who's supposed to be your friend and confide in me and tell me what so-and-so did when all along I know I set so-and-so up to try and hit you. Ah, it's a slinky sleuthwit game. It's a troublous game. It's a deceptive game, but it happens every day. In Greek, one meaning suggested for prophesy is, it is the word for prophesy means to break forth under sudden impulse in lofty discourse of praise of the divine counsels. In other words, the one, one agitation, one perspective of prophecy is that you just all of a sudden break forth in sudden praise. Oh, glory, hallelujah, and give praise unto the council. This could be much like reacting. So what they were trying to do was push him to prophesy, to to be moved so by the wrong they were doing that you spout out even godly things in reaction. I'm Oh God, watch this. I'm telling you, sometimes people hit you and they try to get you to react. Watch this now, in a godly way, but the godly way you're reacting is coming from your flesh and that alone will disprove that you are who you say you are. So they know that you're not going to hit them back the way they hit you, but your reaction with spirituality comes across fake and disingenuine. And so the people around see that you're really not as anointed as you said you are. You didn't hit them, but you cussed them out indirectly. You talked about them, you belittled them, you demeaned them without ever saying a cuss word. And so in the eyes of all around, so, oh, well, wait a minute, huh? you, I thought you were supposed to be godly. What they have done is they forced you to prophesy. They forced you to say good things or say things uh, in Jesus name. I just rebuke you in Jesus name. May the Lord, may the God just destroy you from everything. I'm going to pray God's prayer over you. That is the wrong response. They have pushed you to an impulsive godly response. Ah God, I feel him now. Ah, that's much like reacting. And in other words, people poke you so much until you just begin to rattle off divinely privileged information in the wrong way to your own detriment. In other words, people poke you until you just start saying stuff that God gave you and God says, shut up because I didn't give it to you to give to them. People push you to give your revelation when you should be holding it inside. And the things that you say that God told you works to your own detriment. People will take the godly stuff you say and use it against you. So even though you think it's right to push back by saying something godly, you're still working against you because you reacted instead of responding. I'm running out of time. Their own actions indicated, listen to me, the guards own actions indicated their ignorance about the lack of understanding prophecy and the fact 
that you asked me to 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 prophesy uh, who hit me lets me know that you don't understand how prophecy works. So people who are asking you to do something that they don't understand shows their ignorance. Listen, we don't use our divine powers for personal benefit. And you never let the devil get you into a position where you run home and say, I'll get you. I'm a pray all kind of manner of gods against you. No, 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 no. They have pushed you to use your divine powers against people. That's not responding. That's reacting. Our divine powers operate with divine purpose. Never let somebody who is outside of your purpose make you do something outside of your purpose. Never let them let you take what you have in God that's supposed to work for you and use it against you. Look at verse 65. 65 says, and they were saying many other things against him, blaspheming him. So they said many slanderous things to him and clearly they weren't expecting good from his answer and nor did they care. They were straight out trying to hurt him. Slap after slap, hit after hit, spit after spit and note in all of this, he hadn't even been found guilty yet. He wasn't even been before the judge. He hadn't even gone to court yet, but they were treating him like he was a criminal. <laughs> That's the, the plight of the person who hits you. <laughs> they try to jail you and incarcerate you before judgment is even made on you. <laughs> the devil tries to get you to believe that you're a criminal before God even has the final word on your life. <laughs> so before he was even brought to the courtroom, he was waiting outside in their custody. He hadn't even been declared guilty. He was getting a beat down of the worst kind. Do you know who hit you? The question is, all from the left, the right, the back, and the top and the bottom, do you know who hit you? Did they hit repeatedly while you were waiting for an even greater suffering? Have you ever been hit by somebody by you while you're waiting to go to court for an even greater judgment? You're about to experience greater suffering, but before you even get to that, your own friends who hold you in custody are knocking you around. Did they expect you to violate your own code by resorting to theirs? What Jesus is going to teach us here is that who hit you doesn't even matter. Jesus never reacted, but he did respond. Let's look at our final text as we wrap this up today. Verse 67 says, if you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, if I tell you, <laughs> you're not going to believe me anyway. <laughs> so even if I do answer you, I, you're not going to believe it. And he says in 68, and if I ask you a question, you ain't going to answer it. <laughs> oh, this is too insidious. This is too funny. So then he says, look at verse uh, 69. He says, but from now on, the son of man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So look at this now. Let's, let's, let's deal with Jesus's response. The ultimate question was, tell us who hit you, right? The ultimate question, tell us who hit you. And later they ask, well, who are you? Are you the son of man? Are you the son of God? The smaller attacks are usually aimed at who you are anyway. So watch this. There are smaller attacks that are happening while you're in custody. The bigger attack is going to happen when you get in court. <laughs> they were slapping him around because they had heard rumors, but he was going to be judged by Pilate to be crucified. Now, which is the bigger suffering? The bigger suffering is death when he was pronounced in death in court, <laughs> but the lower suffering <laughs> was still aimed at trying to find out who he really is. So the argument is always about who are you really? So verse 67 says, look at the irony of all this. They are questioning him. If you are the Christ, tell us. In other words, just answer me. It's all good. Have you ever seen the movies where they say, just tell me the answer. I ain't going to shoot you. And you tell them the answer, they shoot you anyway. In other words, ain't no deal making it here. He says, if I tell you, you will not believe. And he said, if I ask you a question, you're not going to answer. 
The irony of this is that if you ask the combatants the same questions they ask of you, they wouldn't be able to answer them either, and let alone they should end up being smacked too. They themselves don't know who they are, so they by definition react in order to deflect. Hitters are notorious for hitting back because to hit back means I don't have to answer you. In other words, I'll start a fight to deflect from getting to the truth. Man, this is too doggone juicy. Oh my God. So the very people who ask you to give a palatable answer would not be able to stand the same question that you asked them. And you've heard it. You've heard it. And you say, listen, uh, they ask you to tell them something. And then you say, well, tell me where you were Tuesday. And they say, well, don't answer a question with a question. In other words, let's keep going on this merry-go-round, round and round, and we will never get to the truth, the truth of who you are and the truth of who I am. The person who doesn't want to expose themselves are notorious for pointing people, finger at people to expose them. To persecute you is to keep them from answering the very questions by which they seek to condemn you. The same question they're trying to bust you out on, they scared to answer themselves. Jesus knew that getting into an argument with them was pointless. They were trying to believe who he was or they weren't trying to believe who he was. When arguing with someone who isn't trying to resolve the issue or learn or reach the truth, the best thing to realize is that you're going to have to take this hit and move on. So the value of learning to take a hit will keep you in a progressive moving forward motion. (laughs) You have been stalled and delayed by too many recalcitrant, egotistical people who set you up for arguments that lead to nothing. The learning how to take a hit will allow you to mobilize, take the hit, let people argue with themselves, and you turn and move on. Get yourself some nitrous, some gas, some new wheels, hot rod, and move on in your life. Verse 69 says this, but from now on, the son of man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Now notice, he said, "Who are you, are you the son of man? Are you the Christ? He turns around and says, I'm going to answer it, but I'm making it in a statement. I'm going to answer you, but I'm making a statement. They didn't even get it. He says, now on the son of man, who you just called me, will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So in 69, Jesus never responded to their question about who hit them. That was an irrelevant answer needed. I don't ever have to answer your question about who hit me or what you did to me on the surface. That is not the root. Your hitting me is a stupid argument that you want me to engage in. Let's deal with the deeper matter of who I am. And Jesus never responded. Don't play the blame game. In other words, sitting there pointing fingers saying, well, you did this, you did that, tit for tat. Haven't you ever seen that? Never go nowhere. You don't have to say amen, just say ouch. But what he did respond to is, who are you? They say you're the son of God. Is that true? Jesus said, now that I will answer you, yes I am. That is what the mission is about, not who hit you. So look at verse 70. And they all said, are you the son of God? Then and he said to them, yes I am. Am. He says to them very clearly, I am the son of God and I am him. So listen, he didn't respond. He didn't answer them who hit me. Instead, he says, who I am. The mission was to get back to being seated at the right hand of the power of God. And you can't let people derail you from your mission by arguing with people who don't mean you no good anyway. No matter what you say, they ain't going to believe you. If you pose a counter question, they ain't going to answer it because they won't be accountable for who they are either. So you've got to learn how to take a hit and stick to the mission. Tap somebody and say stick to the mission. He would not let their questioning, hitting, and even public mockery keep him from reaching his destiny and fulfilling the purpose he came to do. So finally, he answers them with the right question. When they ask the right question, are you the son of God? Not who hit you, but are you the son of God? In other words, not who did what, but who are you? It is not about what somebody did. Stop having these arguments with people about what happened. Instead, 
Send the argument to who are you? Talk about what's in the core. What did you mean? What did you intend? Not what did you do? Because people do stupid stuff and they do it by mistake or they do it by flesh or agitation. Jesus says, ah, now you've asked the right question. I am who I am. Don't you remember when Moses said, who shall I say send me? In other words, he said, tell them I am sent you. In other words, whoever they need, need me to be, I am is the one who sent them. This is the response we should make, not so much to what they want us to answer about what we do, because they will use it to judge us. Never answer an argument about more stuff that you did because they will question what you did to the ninth. But if they can get down to the intention of your heart, the place of what you meant by it, they can't judge you even if your actions were wrong. Cat dog it. Come on, talk PC. So instead of reacting, they've have, you have to give a response. Watch this now, because it is a lot harder to get empirical evidence because your character is internal. People will look at facts and evidence all day and just keep arguing about it, arguing about it, arguing about it. But let's put the facts aside and let's look at what's inside of you. So instead of reacting, Jesus responded with a pledge, a word, a declaration. He said, I am the son of God who will be sitting at the right hand of God. You asking me who hit me, I'm telling you who I am. (laughs) You don't have enough power to stop me, boo. Send another one to hit me if you want to, but I will be seated at the right hand of the throne of God. When people slap you, you've got to get a vision of where you see yourself in God tomorrow, next week, next year. You've got to stay on course. Know your mission and your passion. He says, I can't lie to you. So yes, I am who you call me to be. I am the son of God. Learn to respond, not react, because not reacting is an action as well. Uh Uh-oh, that's how you take a hit. Ah, here we go. Let's begin to wrap this up. Even with all their proofs, They had seen Jesus heal people walking on the earth for 33 years. All the prophecies in the Old Testament prophesied and they didn't believe him. He was the Messiah there. He has to be, there has to be something said about people who have seen every miracle possible and still deny that he was the Messiah standing right in front of them and they didn't believe. I'm telling you, people who hit you, they ain't trying to believe you. Please stop exhausting yourself trying to convince folk ooh, 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 who ain't gonna never believe don't matter you said well I just tell them one more time or if I just do this one more time Jesus walked on water boo Jesus fed 5,000 I'm telling Jesus healed people Jesus did all kind of stuff and folk did not believe it and yet even by his own admission Jesus even says yes I am the son of God and they say well never mind we don't believe it anyway These people are cray cray. They wanted him dead. And I'm telling you, the goal of every opponent who hits you is one thing. They want you dead. If you try to negotiate with an enemy, baby, the end result from their perspective is they want you dead. So in order to live, you got to learn how to what? Take a hit. You got to learn how to deal with folk who don't know who you are. Some people want you dead no matter what you say or what you do. The question is, can you take a hit? So look at this now. They say, watch this. Uh, Verse 71 says, then they said, what further need do we have of testimony? We don't have no need of testimony for we have heard it ourselves from his own mouth. Even with him saying it, it just didn't work. But list this. These are my final thoughts as I send you on your way into this Memorial Day weekend. Ah, the number one is answer the questions that explain you. Whenever you're faced with something in a situation where people are asking you to answer questions that you don't need to answer. You only answer the questions that explain you. Here, listen, often our first reaction is why did you hit me? We want to know, did you hit me because I didn't respond the way you wanted me to? Did you hit me because you were trying to get me to react and not respond uh, instead? Don't spend your 
your life trying to answer the silly question of who hit you. It's not about who, boo. (laughs) It's not about who, Sharitha. It's about who you are. Instead, spend your life answering the question of who am I? Every time somebody asks you, well, who did what? Whenever the gossip train comes across and somebody trying to tell you about what somebody did, you respond by going home and asking yourself, what would I have done in that situation? Who am I in character? Would I have responded that way? And this is the conclusion. What is it mean to all of this? Jesus' response to us is in this slide that I put on the screen, that you answer only the questions that explain you, not answer the unreal questions. Number two, some questions are traps. Their questions are sought to get you to react in kind, to give them more ammunition and a reason to validate their feelings. Number three, a hit doesn't mean fight. I'm going to say that one again. A hit doesn't mean fight. Their hitting you doesn't matter because it won't stop what God is doing in your life anyway. So the snap back, slap back, spit back, hit back ain't going to make a difference. Keep on moving, boo. Number four, the enemy's plan won't work. They're hitting you may be part of the enemy's plan, but it's not God's plan and it will not work. Number five, never let a hit derail you from your destination. There will be many hits and slaps and slanders along the way, but don't let it stop you. And finally, number six, as Christians, we must be able to take a punch. And I said punch instead of hit because it seems like it's more punchy. <laughs> Remember this, y'all. Listen to this. Matthew 26, 52 and 53 said it like this. Jesus says that they that take up the sword will perish by the same. So if you live your life respond, reacting to every attack that hits you, you will perish by the same attacks that are on your life. We are not on earth to war with one another. And I speak to you today in the name of Jesus, whoever you're fighting with, stop it right now. Stop that argumenting, arguing and that back and forth bantering and call a truce or a peace. If they don't want truce or they don't want peace, take the hit. In other words, keep it moving. We are not called to war on earth. The battle is coming when Jesus returns. Let him fight for you. Let him get every person who attacked you. For now, we are here to win souls to God. We are here not to win fights and we are here to win souls. Oh, that's a quotable. We are not here to win fights. We are here to win souls and the devil wants you to be engaged in fightings to win fights so you will lose out on winning souls. I got news for the enemy's camp today. I ain't arguing with you. I ain't going back and forth with you no more. Stop. Lose my number. Stop texting me. Stop calling me with that foolishness. I ain't going back and forth. Once people have shown their true colors, once you have asked them why did they do it or whatever or can we resolve it and they insist on hurting you, baby, you got to take the hit. Here's a couple of passages for our solace. Isaiah 50 and 6 says, I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. The text said there, I didn't hide from it. I didn't run from it. I let him, I learned to take the hit. I remember when I saw somebody get jumped in a gang. They jump, they hit you, they beat you, and you can't run. You can't leave. You got to stand there and take the hit. And the more the hits you take shows the the, the level of leadership that you can engage in in the gangster. In other words, you hard. Oh, they took all that. He took all that. Oh, yeah, you can roll with me. You can roll with me. Show God that you can roll with him. Show God that you can take a hit. Will you be jumped in the gang of the kingdom of God? Will you show him what you can handle instead of cowering and reacting? Acts 23 and 2 said it like this. At this, the 
high priest Ananias ordered those standing near Paul to strike him in the mouth. Ananias told people that were standing around Paul, just hit him in the mouth. I'm telling you, didn't you know that the Bible was so gruesome? You didn't know people going around hitting people in the book. And you'd be amazed at what's in this book if you just read it. But my point is, if they hit Paul, boo, if they hit Jesus, somebody go hit you. You're going to find yourself in a situation where the people who have cared for you gave you false care. The people who are supposed to take care of you gave you false information. And the people who were supposed to be handling you gave you false affection. And I'm telling you, you've got to learn how to take the hit. To fight for no reason is pointless. But if the fight is about who you are, then God says, engage. If God says, listen, don't react, the fight ain't about you. But when God says, if the fight is about who I called you to be, if they are slandering you and not allowing you to be who you are, then engage. And how do you engage? You engage with a response that says what? Who am I? I am the son of God. I am the Messiah. I am who I say I am. And so then after three days, after they killed him, after they put him in the grave, what happened? His statement came true because that pledge he gave on that day rose him again. It solidified his truth. And I'm telling you, the best response to your enemy is a life that answers what you said you were going to be. Yes, I'm going to be somebody. I'm on my way up. Yes, I'm living up to the standards that God placed on my life. So keep living. You are going to get hit. And especially if you're trying to do good in the world, there is never really a legitimate answer as to why people want to hit you literally or figuratively. There really is no just cause for it, but don't blame yourself. And I say this, beloved, with all sincerity, if there was any offense of God, it was that he was who he said he was. They charged him and said, crucify him for no reason at all. If God was to be slain for anything, it would be answering truthfully who he was. If you gonna go down in this life, go down truthfully declaring who you are. He was and is the Messiah. He was not a criminal. So don't respond, react to people who say you're a criminal. Tell them who you are. And too many, our worst offense, to, to many, our worst offense will be just being the person God has called us to be. Haven't you heard people say, I don't like you. I don't know why, but I just don't like you. In other words, they don't like who you are. They know in themselves that there's something bigger to who you are. Many will hate you just because you have confidence in you. You are not a criminal by any means of what they have described or questioned you to be. So don't ever apologize for being who you are. The real divinity in all this is that answering the dregs of comments doesn't matter. Because those who knew Jesus, who Jesus was, they knew it by spirit. So the people who attack you, they don't know who you are. That, that is the divinity of divinity. That the things of God aren't always made apparently clear. And that those who dare to draw near to God learn and know the secrets of God. So those who are close to God, they know who you are. And those aren't the people who are going to hit you. So the people who hit you are not close to the will of God. Because if they were close to the will of God, they would know who you are. And they would know that hitting you doesn't matter. It's not going to stop you anyway. Because no matter how much they hit him, Jesus still died and rose again. Somebody say amen. So those who seek to hit you don't have discernment. Yeah, I like that. They can't discern who you really are. They rather argue about what you did. So one may say, well, why didn't Jesus just tell them right out? Why don't we just say, I'm a preacher. I'm a man of God. You don't treat me like that. No, 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 no. Because people must come to God by faith. God doesn't walk through the world telling people who he is all the time. He wants you to learn it within. He wants you to live by faith. And there is a bit of mystery to all of us. There is something that people can't tell on the surface. They have to get to know you in order to get to know you. And we don't need to go around announcing that we are great. God never says, go around telling people, oh, you're great. He says, no, 
Let people learn that you're great. And those who will know it, they will know it. And those who don't will try to hit you. The question remains, can you take a hit? So I say to us today, we endure what we endure because we know who he is and we know who we are in him. Our faith will get us through any fights we have to incur on his behalf. And that too, my beloved, is action of another sort. I'm PC and that's all I got.